welcome back to another episode of Actually Like. Uh, we're gonna do a few changes in this episode, so if you're like, if you loved everything so far in the season, then we'll get back to it. And if you hated it, well, here's some new app thing or new things for y'all. Um, we're outside for this one just because uh, we beat Florida yesterday, and the fort is going crazy, and I kind of want to just like people watch as this is going on. Um, I'm also a Gator hater, so my voice is also shout, shout, shout. Shout. Shout, yeah. whatever. Um, so if it sounds weird, just enjoy it. Uh, we got a really cool guest on today. We got Isabel Lux. How you doing today? I'm good. A little tired from yesterday, but right. you know, we're here. That means yeah. That means you got into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, just for the audience to get to know you a little bit, we're going to do a quick question. Okay. Last year, it was a series of numbers. I have a new one just for you. Okay. What is the weirdest emotional support animal you've seen someone try to like be like, I need this? I have seen several. I've heard of several, I should say. Okay. Um, I've heard of a lady with a peacock. Right. That was weird. Probably the weirdest one was a monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently it was at one of the targets here in Knoxville and the monkey got loose in the store and all the Target employees had to chase it for an hour and like it wouldn't go back to the owner either and it was like one of the like capucha monkeys um yeah so and emotional support animals also aren't allowed in stores so like that alone is weird yeah but also the fact that you carry around a monkey is kind of weird yeah well firstly (laughs) to give background (laughs) no I'm not trying to hate on people who need emotional support animals you have one yes you also have them because yes you need one. yes so I, I just always like bringing up like the like the the person who goes to the school who had like a python last yep. year and claimed that was emotional support yeah. um i work with uh emotional support like registered one and i like, right. train them and like i know there's only three questions you can ask people mm-hmm. but again i just i always like i always think that's funny when you see like the news story also i worked at target there's not a code for No, absolutely there's not. not there's code. not a code anywhere for that. I mean, I didn't even know you could have monkeys as pets here. I don't know. I feel like that's probably illegal. <laughs> um, same thing for like all the people with like tigers. Like, as yeah. Yeah, I don't. Also, like, ferrets mm-hmm. are not legal where I'm from. Like, I didn't know ferrets existed until I got to college. And you're like, what is that? Yeah, I saw it and I was like, I want to hold it. And then they let me hold it, but. And if, like, someone had tried to ex- describe a ferret to you? <laughs> My mom's like, they're like rats, but they act like dogs. And I was like, what yeah. in the world is this? God, that's disgusting. But also, go, go, go <laughs> you. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, we got a, cool, a couple of few things we just want to talk to you about. Um, so, if you want to talk just a little bit about your major and also, like, what a typical day looks like for you, just so people know what it's actually like being your academic self for a bit okay so I technically am a double major I double major in kinesiology and neuroscience um neuroscience is actually what I started out with because I am obsessed with neurology and how the brain pathways mm-hmm. work um and how much of a role it can play into injuries especially then I realized I would have been out of college in three years and that seems scary to go to med school in three years so I added kinesiology as a second major um, so now I'm graduating in four years with two degrees, mm. not taking summer classes or anything. So right now I am in 19 hours of classes. I 
basically go to school from like eight to two every day. And then as soon as I'm done with classes, I go to my internship, which is athletic training for the women's basketball team. And I am there easily till six o'clock at night and then go home and I do homework for several hours, mm -hmm. go to sleep and start it over pretty much every day. We're gonna talk about optimism on the, the episode a little bit later. I think it's definitely needed after, <laughs> well one, I was gonna be like, oh congrats, like you're, you're getting your two, two degrees in, in four years and then you're like, no. Every day I until mean, 6 p.m. I hate it. <laughs> it's not that I hate it. I really love what I study. That's honestly the only reason I think I can do this. Um, like I am just fascinated by it every day. Like I learn something new and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like other people think it's mm -hmm. ridiculous, but I love it. Well, it is the reason why I chose social work instead of psychology or neuroscience because I can't do the pathways. I I love you know neuroplasticity and that kind of stuff. But I can't do like, oh, what neurotransmitter was this for? I'd be like, I don't know, mood yeah. regulation, I don't know. Um, so I just give a lot of huge kudos to that. Um, but yeah, I think that just reinforces the point that you need to... You need to like what you're studying. You need to like what you're studying. You shouldn't be doing a major for someone yeah. else or like, like you, gotta, you gotta do what makes you happy. Yeah. Like, um, would you, but you do say you, you enjoyed it. I, I, I love my majors. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. I mean maybe not choosing the double major but honestly i don't think i would change it because if i just did kinese i would miss the neuro side and if i just did neuro i wouldn't get the full body effect of kinese so which is interesting because those are very different like you don't have classes with the same people no you know no. but at the same time it is in you know body affects the brain the brain affects the body exactly like, and like i just felt like in the real world that's not really seen yet yeah i think some doctors are getting to that point where they really realize like how much like mental health plays into how you recover and stuff but um that like was honestly more for me why i chose both yeah was because i just didn't think the link between the mind and the body like you know there's stuff like the brain gut connection people always mm. talk about but yeah yeah <laughs> so the brain gut connection is a lot of people who have like stomach issues um they actually call your stomach your second brain so if you have a stomach ache it makes you in a bad mood because mm -hmm. it's just like your brain saying like oh something else hurts i'm gonna be in a bad mood because it hurts yeah so there's always this idea this connection throughout your whole body um like something else is your second stomach i can't remember like it's very weird there's a second of everything pretty much and it just goes on about how the brain to gut connection is if you think you feel good you will feel good uh -huh. and it's the whole thing like with the response of if you put a smile on your face you're gonna automatically enjoy it because it's a reflex pathway through your brain yeah well we are we're gonna talk about that a little bit later in optimism um but what we say in like psychology is the the cognitive is the somatic and the somatic mm -hmm. is the cognitive. Like yeah. if, if you're laying in bed and you're thinking about the stresses you got tomorrow, your heart rate's gonna go up. Exactly. Everything's gonna stress you out. And so it's not just your brain is stressed out, your body responds, but then also right. if you're if you're like, Oh no, why is my heart you know, why are my hands jittery, I'm getting stressed out, it's all yeah causing each other the same. So I think that's really a cool route that you're taking. Um, and then also just you get to do a lot of really cool things with it too. I do get to do a lot of cool things. Women's basketball team. Yeah, I get to do that. I did research in rats, over, or not rats, they're mice, over the summer. My friends Which say- Which again is just a smaller ferret that's not a dog. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Um, I did at my mom's work. If you ask my roommates what my mom does, they would tell you she's a rat dealer, um, <laughs> which is why I tend to refer to them as rats. But basically, she handles um, doing biomedical research in mice. So I got to fully like dissect mice the whole summer, like take a spinal cord out, okay. adrenal glands, like all that stuff is really cool to me. But nobody <laughs> likes that. But like that's some of the really cool stuff I get well, to do. Go up to somebody and say, "Hey, I take spinal cords out of rats." Like you know, it's not out. well received. <laughs> Um, but there is important things to, to discover about that. Again, most right. of our research that we know on humans is because of things we've done on rats and other creatures first. Um, shout out Abe, the monkey we sent into space. Um, just just for hanging out out there. Yeah. Um, and then he came back and was like American heroes. <laughs> I mean, it was um, super fun. I got to go into work every day this summer, and I got to go play with mice. Like, yeah. you couldn't get much better than that. Um, I would rather deal with the the, uh, the actual scholarship athletes that you're talking to on like a daily basis that go out and do really cool things. Um, so what what is what is that like? You need like a security press. Like you need. Do they teach you like PR or not 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 personal like whatever like if you're media talk training? To media training. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had a little bit of media training. The players definitely get the most of it. Yeah. They have full like hour-long days of like not hour-long days but like chunks of days where they have to sit there and just learn how to talk in front of media and it's actually interesting they choose specific players to speak depending what they know is going to be asked so like if we have international players they'll like advertise it as an international night and only set them up to speak so that they're already prepped to know what to speak about but I do definitely have to watch what I say because obviously at this point I'm part of the team in a sense um so like it's definitely interesting, but also I get to learn a lot of cool things. Mm-hmm. But it's hard because I can't exactly talk about it all the time, because yeah. a lot of it is like medical information records kind of right. things. So like that's kind of disappointing because I'm like, oh, I learned this really cool technique on you know so and so, but I can't be like, here's yeah, how you do it and why I did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was just gonna say like, like you get. PR stuff so you're not like on camera like picking your nose or something no we get a little I mean we don't really get like a ton of it but it's like common sense like you know dress up nice Uh like don't look like you're slouching off in the corner or not paying attention like and they also give you cool cool clothes yes we get a lot of cool clothes Uh yes we do it is the not the best part but it is a great part of the job yeah um I remember that one, I don't know if you've seen this video, but like there's the Penn State guy wrapping that ankle. Yeah. And he's just going, like, and the, the guy reporting it's like, hasn't missed a day. Yeah. Always on top of it. <laughs> this yeah. man, y'all really do have a huge impact on both mental, have the players feeling good, and then also the literal, like, yeah. what is going on and making sure you're feeling good, your body's taped up properly, recovering. Now, a huge part of it is to have relationships with the athletes. I mean, the train, the head trainer right now has not missed a day since she had COVID herself. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason she's been out in the last year. And, like, I mean, she knows those players better than anyone on the team, pretty much. Like, you learn to read their body language, especially, like, if they start to favor an injury. Right. You see it before anything happens. You, like, come to expect to what they need and everything but a lot of it is just having like normal day conversations with them and not treating them like they're some five-star athlete Which, who has like right. a million followers on instagram uh-huh. 
or now NIL deals like exactly talking to millionaires and but to them they just want to go in and yeah they just want to have like not a normal college experience because being a student athlete is not normal no but they really just want to have the same relationships and not have it be the kind of like fake relationships people get because they're athletes they're amazing do you get like any empathy training do you get anything like or they they're only hiring people who can talk to yeah they definitely like look at our experiences what we've done Uh um a lot of it was like i've done shadowing of clinical hours in pt offices chiropractic offices so like it's already having a good bedside manner like they say um which is basically how you relate to the patients Mm -hmm. how you give them the hard news if if their injury is really bad and how you pick them up when they're having a hard day like all that sort of stuff I was, I asked just because I think you are very empathetic and also just a person who's easy to talk to, and I just didn't know if that was related to your own experiences with injuries and surgeries and all that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, it's definitely, so I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. That's the end goal with all of this. Um, But in all of my surgeries and stuff, I've really learned the kind of surgeon I don't want to be (laughs) because of, you know, bad bedside manner or just kind of like mannerisms I didn't like. Um, Especially if you're like, as a young girl getting surgery, like it's scary. I mean, I was 12 when I had my first surgery. Like that's not a fun thing to go into. Um, And so like all that sort of stuff has really led me, especially when somebody's injured to be more like empathetic towards them. But you also have to be like, kind of like strong-headed with them, because a lot of times they'll be like, "No, it's done. Like, won't listen at all." Or they're like, "It's fine. I'll go walk it off or something." And like, you have to be like, "No, you can't. Like, I understand you want to, but it's just a hard balance." And until you really get to that kind of like real-world experience of doing it, you have no idea how hard it's gonna be. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Do you mind if we shift topics to more of the the surgery yeah. talk? Yeah. So it is, at least when we're recording it, it's September, which is our National Chronic Pain Awareness Month. Yes. Um, did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but what does that mean to you? So to me, I have a specific chronic pain disorder. Um, it's called... November, right? Yes. Okay. It's Complex later. Regional Pain Syndrome. That's November. Um basically what that means is my body thinks I'm in pain when I shouldn't be so it's actually really cool my pain doctor at Stanford has his own TED talk on chronic pain yeah you have a Stanford doctor he's like one of the best known pain doctors in the world um actually right before COVID they wanted to take me to where was it I think Brazil to do a world conference on pain and have me speak as one of the patients um yeah like he does amazing stuff and he's that well known around the world but so anyways i have chronic pain um it means my body thinks i'm not in pain simple stuff like the wind blowing can hurt Mm -hmm. um some days i can't wear jeans um just because it hurts on my leg right i mainly have it in my right leg it goes from my hip down to my the arch of my foot um but i have like in my entire body everything hurts like if I bump into a wall obviously that hurts most people for me it makes me need to sit down for five minutes um it's kind of stuff like that that you don't really realize every day and how much it affects you and it's draining even though like I've been dealing with it for 
I said it's like four years now. Um, it's like your body never gets used to it, no. and the amount of like stress it puts on your body. I mean, they say people with chronic pain need twelve hours of sleep a night. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, no. um, I, mean, I just told y'all I'm at school for 12 hours of the day. Right. So, yeah, so that's pretty much what chronic pain looks for, for me. And the sensations change every day. Sometimes it's shooting, sometimes it's just feels like it's burning up. Um, like I said, when it rains, it hurts because mm -hmm. it hits my leg. Um, I literally used to not be able to wear anything shorter than like or longer than spandex on my leg because it would hurt too much. I couldn't wear socks. I couldn't wear shoes. Like, I couldn't have blankets on me. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, I've come a long way, and I've kind of hit the point where I've plateaued. Like, they're not really sure it'll ever go away. But they also have kind of helped me to the point where I can really live with it. Mm -hmm. As bad as that sounds, I mean, it's kind of the reality at this point. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what my chronic pain is. I do a lot of work with grief, which I guess is chronic emotional pain. Yeah. Um, where like they say you don't, you know, if, if grief takes up a certain amount of space, you don't grow, it doesn't shrink, you just grow around it. And the idea is that you grow more and that it'll still be there, um, but it's, it's still taking up, it still is pain. And I'm, I'm sure, like you say, you get, you're sort of used to it, but at the same time, it still doesn't mean that every day is no. a painful experience. That yeah. like, I remember you, <laughs> we had a, you had a track meet, and it was like March and was sleeting or something. Yeah. And I was like, I know these athletes are complaining, and I know Isabel. I was miserable. Like Seventeen. I was miserable. Just getting pelted. Yeah. But pretty much everything, I mean, every day you don't really realize. I mean, look, it hurts all the time, I'm not going to lie. But there's times where it's better and times where it's worse. And it can be purely because I'm distracted or it can just be that, like, I haven't done anything all day. So it actually does feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I never know what's going to make it worse, what's going to make it better. And that's honestly probably the hardest part. Like, you know, sometimes moving it, like getting on a bike and kind of moving my knee around helps other times it will set me off to the point I can't walk mm -hmm. it is very unpredictable and because of that like you were saying the whole grief thing a lot of people actually develop like post-traumatic stress disorder from having this sort of thing um obviously there's a lot of other things that come from it right, too yeah. which is just a real lovely bundle of things you all get um but honestly like I've met some amazing people through this um, one of my best friends now, she lives in LA um, because I'm originally You're from California. Yeah, 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 I grew up in California. She lives in LA. She basically has the same thing I have, except hers is more internalized. Mm -hmm. So her is her GI tract, basically. Okay. So she can't eat, like literally cannot. She's been on a feeding tube for over a year now. Um, so it's like that kind of things where it's very different person to person too and mine has pretty much always been my right leg is the worst obviously because that's where I've had all the surgeries but I mean people can get it from something as simple as like you reach too far across a table and all of a sudden your body clicks and it gets it but what's actually really interesting about it is um, it's most common in teenage girls that are perfectionists um, so you see a lot of straight A student girls develop chronic pain in high school. Um, a lot of them can get over it. Mm -hmm. A lot of them can't. 
Um, but it is definitely a specific type that gets it because it is tend to be those who put themselves in more stressful environments already. Yeah. So that when their body hit, hits one more thing, it just pushes them over the iceberg kind right. of thing. And again, from the neuroscience point of view, cortisol and adrenaline are horrible yeah. long-term like, yeah. regulators. I mean, if you take my heart rate any time of day, it's like 90. Yeah. I mean, it just never calms down. And like another telltale sign is my pupils are pretty much always dilated. Um, that's another, go. that's another like pain response. Um, there's a lot of fun little things like that, that you don't really realize, but all those sorts of things, like where your body's running on adrenaline, it is not good long-term. Like you just crash at some point. And I have those days. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not getting out of bed today. No. no. Thank you for talking about it. Um, you also have, you mentioned surgeries you've had over no, no, no. I've had 10 knee surgeries, one shoulder surgery. I've had like other procedures. Okay. Like I've had a ton of procedures. That's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, which are like nerve blocks where they stick like a 10 inch needle into your leg okay. while you're awake. Yeah. It's a great time. Yes. Have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I've had a lot of random procedures that and nobody else can say they have. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember <laughs> we went to the that one joint in whatever a- agency place <laughs> if I drove you and it was about mm, seven, 80 year old <laughs> yeah. and then just you and I sitting in the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is like, oh Look how like young and youthful they yeah. are. <laughs> um, it's great going to pain doctors because I am like the only person young there by like fifty years normally. <laughs> like it is so bad. I just I still can't believe that they were like they did your procedure thing. Mm-hmm. Which again, I didn't even know what it was, but the nurse was like, Oh yeah, we're just gonna like we're gonna like scrape away some pain and like yeah. stick a needle and I was like ah they stuck a needle in my back yeah great and then they just made you walk out of there yeah no wheelchair they just gave no me to you nothing. yeah they were just like alright make sure she like doesn't drive home no, they didn't even say that you yeah. could have driven home if you wanted to they didn't say anything yeah and I was just like what? Yeah. <laughs> what if you like miss the needle by like a millimeter that's the scary part about this stuff is like you're totally trusting someone to, especially in your back, like yeah. right next to your spinal cord, inject some anesthetic, and uh-huh. you just hope it doesn't go wrong. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible. No, I, 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 it worries me, and I just still can't believe the amount of like optimism and like excitement you have, and also to be a surgeon like that and like help lower the people's amount of fear and like make them feel comfortable about it because it can be extremely scary. Yeah. No, I mean, that's honestly what I want to do. I want to do it with kids, especially. Part of it is because all little kids that have to have surgery, I feel really bad for anyways. Um, You know, whether it's like a birth defect or they broke their arm in several Uh places. Like, either one of those, I just want to be able to fix. And it's the idea of being able to fix it with my own two hands, too. And it's also the whole, like, emotional side of it. And I'm definitely, like, an empathetic person, like you said. Like, when somebody hurts, like, I'm like, I will be right there mm-hmm. alongside of them and doing the best I can to make them feel better. But it's just the same thing with kids. Honestly, part of it is they have the most interesting injuries, um, which sounds really bad <laughs> no, to want to fix kids fair. because of that. But I'm like, I want to challenge myself every day right. and figure out like, 
I mean, for me, I broke the back of my kneecap. Uh-huh. The surgeon straight up told me he sees that maybe twice a year. Okay. Like, I want to fix a kid like me. I'm not going right. to lie. That's what I want to do. And I want to find, like, a little Isabel uh-huh. and go and fix her. Is fix the right word? It's not fix, but, like... <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, this seems really, like... It's not like fix, but, like, you, I'm I saying fix, literally. like, in the, like, mechanical sense, okay. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. bones aren't lined up right, or you're uh-huh. missing cartilage kind of thing. Okay. Like, that's what I mean by fix. Because when you said, um, you the most interesting injuries, I thought you were talking about, like... Uh, like, my sister hit me in the face with a hockey stick, which is no. a true story. <laughs> no. um, like, okay. I was going to say, they do. I know, I work in schools. <laughs> Someone will come down to the office, and they'll be like, what happened? And they'll be like, like, fell off the swing set and, like, tried to do a handstand, and some on my ankle got tweaked. What? I don't know. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> it's definitely, like, it's, like, the actual part, like, I mean, you don't see 50-year-old people come in. I mean, they may be missing cartilage behind their knees, but that's because they're 50 years old. And, like, I mean, basically in this culture now, you get a knee replacement then. Like, it is just standard. But you don't see – okay, so for me, I was 12 years old, Mm -hmm. and I walked in the doctor's office, and I no longer had cartilage and bone behind my kneecap. Like, and they're trying to figure out how to get the chunk that I chipped off back under my kneecap. Like, Mm -hmm. you will not really see that in adults because they're just not out there doing the physicality of the stuff the kids are. So it's more like especially kid athletes. Exactly. Too. Like I want to do the interesting side where I'm challenging myself of how I'm going to like solve these problems and stuff. And also like keep them hopeful that there is a uh-huh. future, you know, cuz like injuries like that, I mean, if you're like under 5, you don't really remember it most of the time. Right. But like once you start getting into like higher elementary school, middle school, like it starts to have a big impact on the kids. Right. So Especially that's if really you're thinking why. about, am I gonna do college athletes? Exactly. Am I gonna do, you know, what, what's my end goal in life? Because it feels like every day, it's more and more important to be a year-round mm-hmm. athlete. To, you know, like I, I think in particular my baseball friends who have to pitch, yeah, for nine months out of the year or whatever, and then their elbows are all messed up. And it's like, well, now I can't throw. Well, that's why when they get to college, there's only a certain amount of pitches they're allowed to throw before they have to take, like, time off. Because, like, it ruins with their shoulders so bad. So, like, it's that sort of stuff with kids. Like, you don't want to let them destroy their bodies right. when they're that young. So what, what do you think is, I think people at least generally know the Rice Method. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if that's anything beneficial. I mean, there definitely is times where it is like it's actually very hit or miss in research right now Dang. um like there it's definitely one of those like top everybody has their opinion on it kind of okay. thing um it's a little controversial because some people are like ice technically um like inhibits the body's natural right. inflammatory response but at the same time you need the ice to block the pain receptors that are going to your brain and making your brain overthink it. It's uh-huh. a very weird point kind yeah, of thing. Because, yeah, yeah. Like the cognitive is somatic. If you exactly. Think, if you think like, oh, I'm I'm gonna recover, then like it shows that like you will recover faster. Yeah. Um, so what, in your opinion, then what do you think everyone should be doing? I know that's hard with like every case is different. But, yeah. Like, Drinking water is that? Is I that mean, water is always a good real? thing. No, that's, that's a, a good thing. thing. Yeah, because okay. it helps flush the toxin from your body. 
Um, shout out toxins. Shout out balls <laughs> being Florida again. A lot of a lot of toxins in people's bodies yes. right now. Yes. Um, I mean, honestly, half of it is listening to your body. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like not enough people do that. Um, right. You see all these athletes, and like, when something hurts the next day, they're like, "Ah, it's fine. I'll I just keep it. going." Yeah, and that's how like long-term injuries occur, and long-time, like even lifetime injuries uh-huh. occur. But I would say, honestly, just listening to your body and kind of like figuring out what works for you. Like, for some people, heat feels best, and some people, ice feels best. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing, like where ice is kind of controversial because it like distracts your brain there's these things called tens units yes yeah tens units the reason why those work is because your brain thinks it's like giving your brain a big red bouncy ball like (laughs) if you think of your brain as a dog like it's like giving your brain like just a big red bouncy ball and you're like hey look over here for a minute right and that's why it distracts it because it's giving some other sort of sensation into the receptors and the proprioceptors that are like in your leg for instance i keep referring to my leg because it's my leg that's injured um but like that's why it works so that's kind of interesting to me that like ice works in the same Uh and that's why heat works for some people because not only does it loosen up the muscles around it that might have tightened during the protective phase of Uh healing but it's because it just straight up distracts the receptors there yeah i'm gonna do another quick Yes. Quick fire. Yes. Is it, is it real or not? Like the, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the sponsor name, but like the, uh, the electric guns things. That yes. Like, the know, massage told. guns. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. The word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I really I like them. Okay. <laughs> I really like them. I think they do. I mean, it's a really cool tool to be able to do it on yourself. Yeah. Because there's things like cupping, um, like you can use like. You can do either do the heat ones or like the vacuum right. suck like gun ones kind of thing. Um, all that stuff you typically need another person to do on. Right. Like it's hard to do it to yourself. But the gun, the massage guns, I really like because I think not only does it give the athletes actually something to do themselves, mm-hmm. like to kind of like see where it feels best, but you know it is the same idea if you put like a lacrosse ball on a tight muscle for a while, the muscle like eventually it has to adapt to that shape right. and loosen up around it so i think it depends how you use them you know people doing them all over their bodies like within five minutes that's, i don't think that's, that's doing much. much but there are different attachments and i've seen it used on um like lower backs of like elderly people who um, have really bad back pain or bad posture um to loosen everything up and like it's worked wonders for them so i think it's you know kind of depends how you use it yeah for sure because I think everyone's looking for a quick fix. Exactly. There's no but such that's, thing. that's not a thing. There is no such thing. It never is, unfortunately. I mean, unless you, like, I don't know, cut your knee, like, when you fell. Day. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But no, I, I think we like to promote two things. I think we like to promote, um, like, comeback stories. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, look at the look at the pain he went through, and, like, he's a winner now. But then we also like to promote, like, well, and oh, how fast we want recoveries, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, like, ACL statistics in young girls who play soccer. Okay. I think most of them have a re-tear, like, over the ma- half the majority have a re-tear within the first year of playing. Because it wasn't ready? or Because, because never, it wasn't ready. settled, yeah. Um, because typically ACL recovery by the book is after six months, you should be technically ready to go. You're not game contact ready. That comes okay. at nine months. But... 
your body actually needs basically a full year of right. true rehab the full year and that's what a lot of people there's a specific ACL like test you have to pass to be able to considered fully released from rehab but that test doesn't really do the dynamic stuff you do in like soccer games so like that whole idea of well she can do the five-step test yeah. or whatever like well, she must so be good yeah. yeah but the most incidence of re-tears of ACLs in young girls comes the year after their injury because starting to rain um yeah <laughs> well <laughs> um yeah so basically i just think the whole culture of getting healed as fast as you can is not something that's going to be beneficial yeah in long term it's where you see the most injuries come out of and like you said you need to listen to your body exactly and even if you think you're good to go or even if you feel fine yeah that doesn't mean that everything is no absolutely not i mean no when you're a person like me with chronic pain you can't always listen to your body or else i would not get anything done i mean i missed 80 days of school my junior year (laughs) because i didn't go to school because of the pain um so like at some point i had to like i went to rehab for it i had to learn when i was okay to tell my body i can rest today versus I don't care that it hurts, you need to go and do something. Right. So it's definitely a balance. I would say for the average person, it's okay to listen to your body. <laughs> um, but that does take a lot of, like you said, rehab, men- both mental and physical. Yeah. Um, the one of the main reasons I want to talk to you actually today is like went off to myself. Um, one, you were very kind to go to my mindfulness class. Uh, I enjoyed it. You enjoy- okay. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Everyone came in thinking it was yoga. (laughs) I was trying to do, like I do, like what I was talking about earlier, is connect the body and the mind Mm -hmm. with, you know, telling your body to relax, telling your brain to relax, that there is a tie. You're stressed. You're not going to sleep well. You're not going to recover. You're not going to do a lot of things. Um, And statistically, college students are pretty stressed. Yeah, Um, I'd agree with that statement. And so I was like, okay, I'll let people stretch out. And again, it's a quick fix, you know, like it's just a few minutes of whatever. Um, But in reality, no, like there are a lot of techniques that go into connecting optimism, being happy about situation and long-term recovery, long-term health, happiness, that kind of stuff. Um, So that's why I want to talk to you a little bit about it. I also understand that there is a toxic level of optimism <laughs> yes where everyone's like well just be happy yeah and you're like i don't think you understand yeah my leg like the shirt the pants hurt my yeah. legs right now okay it's really raining now hold on go balls one second <laughs> <laughs> so far with Isabel. We're going to give a quick charity shout out. We wanted to talk about the Ronald McDonald Charity House. So Isabel, you want to explain what that is and why people should look into it? So this is a really cool program. It's across the country. Um, It's actually trying to go international. What they do is when kids are in the hospitals, they actually provide a place free of charge for the families to stay. Um, It's really important to me because I was actually one of those kids. I wasn't even that young, not going to lie. I was 17. I lived in a Ronald McDonald house for at least four months, um, 24-7, and I was there at Christmas at one point, and like, they give you presents for Christmas and stuff, and they really make you feel like home when you're in a hospital. Yeah, which is something you definitely need, and um, I believe, 
from the commercials I've seen growing up that it's also free to families. Yeah, right? it's completely free to families, and it's free to anybody if you're under 18. Once, if you've been a patient before you're 18, you can be there till you're 25. Awesome. So, please donate, support in any ways you can, and uh, we'll get right back to the actual interview. Okay, everyone, we're back in. Um, while we were coming back in, there was like an issue with the washing machine, and my roommate just kicked it, and then <laughs> it went away. I don't know if that's also a quick fix for the human body. Um, no, I've tried it. <laughs> You've tried it. I've tried it. And it just doesn't work. Away. It doesn't I don't work. think that's how it works, but I know I'm no man of, of body science. So anyway, continuing our discussion on optimism, um, it can be toxic. Like I was saying, people are just like, oh, you'll be okay. Everything's going to be fine. It's kind of the fake yeah, yeah. optimism. That's not fake optimism. There's, They're trying. But. There's an optimistic lifestyle, and there's also like detached from reality. I think there are times where people can recognize, okay, I could have a better mood about this. And there's also times where you can recognize, oh no, this is something yeah. I should be a little panicked about. It's kind of that self-awareness right. part. You know, some people don't have any self-awareness. That's also <laughs> true. Um, and so, like, there's actually dimensions and stuff that, like, I was going to bring up and just talk to you about. Just yeah. Because this is, like, what the research is saying. So there's, for optimism... Internal, external, stable versus unstable, and then global versus specific. And so, like, this is, like, a way people test if they're optimistic is if um, you deal with negativity internally or externally. Is it your fault things are going bad, or is it something out of your control? Right? Yeah. There's also, like I was saying, stable, unstable. Is it a temporary thing you know this isn't going to mess up your life forever? Or is it going to be like detrimental? I, yeah, this is yeah. like this is going to root like again. I, it seems kind of, kind of like self-explanatory. If you're like, oh, this is going to ruin my life, you might not be the most optimistic about it. But well, there's a difference between being like, this is gonna ruin my life. Yeah. it's like a joke kind of thing. Yeah, versus like, no, oh, no. it'll it'll it actually, actually like throw my life off. Yeah, um, and then again, the last part, global specific, are they areas of your life that you can control or like will it have little effect on your life like that kind of stuff so just going in for those three aspects how do you think that like relates to what you do and like how you're trying to be optimistic through everything you've done because again this is out of your control yeah what you do yeah it's i'm not gonna lie it's a challenge um i have a really hard time letting it be external I guess because you know people always tell me like oh I'm sorry you're having a bad pain day and I'm like don't be sorry like it's my body being crazy like it's not your fault Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess in a kind of a sense that's kind of like me blaming myself for it Um, I definitely blame myself a lot for all of this like that whole internal it's my fault Um, backstory to that is I had played basketball and that's how I injured my leg in seventh grade um and it took me a year to get back and I played again in eighth grade and then I pushed my parents into letting me play in high school yeah and that's where I got injured and that's what led to the chronic pain was that one game um so when I think back on that it's definitely like I blame myself um and I'm also just not somebody that like lets the world kind of take my problems like 
I'm definitely somebody who like it's my issue I'll go deal with it so mm-hmm. I don't really like to place it on other people so but, I'd say yeah but yet through it all an outsider looking in yeah would be like oh she's fine yeah she's fine. is that sort of I'm not gonna say facade but is that like mindset you have to be in <laughs> is that hard to keep up I have my days <laughs> um, because you can't and I know this from like experience you can't just walk in a room and be like hey everyone my leg hurts and yeah. everyone's gonna be like oh shocker like here here goes Isabel again yeah but you also like it it still is pain that you have to deal with yeah and that's honestly the hardest part about it is like even people who know that I have chronic pain like they obviously can't experience it for themselves but like I would say that I am fairly like mobile and I've continued a fairly like active life yeah. with all things considered. But like, you we know, just went rafting. Right, right. And I almost killed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to. We, check me. we both fell out the boat. All right? I fell out the first time. That first time though was my bad because we both couldn't get down and I kind of pushed you out as we leaned in. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry. I had a good time. We were already wet. Well, yes, active. Um, so, you know, like most people see me, they see I go to the gym, like I can lift heavy things uh-huh. kind of thing. Um, but then they're like, she can't run kind of thing. Like yeah. they, you know, they forget that part. So that's definitely hard. That whole thing you're talking about, like people see that I'm like, okay, I can do most things, but the other half of I mean, I have not ran in two years. Right. I'm like, I truly cannot. Like, yeah. I will fall before I start running. Yeah. So it's definitely, like, it's really hard to kind of deal with that. And it's not something that obviously comes up in conversation. Um, you know, it's one thing to say I've had 10 knee surgeries. It's a completely different thing to say I've had 10 knee surgeries and they haven't worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, like people don't understand what that's like and not only physically but mentally um I have my days where it's just like I don't want to deal with anything like if you talk to me I'll start crying (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's just really hard sometimes and honestly that's just par for the course at this point um and it'll be like anything little it'll just be like one of those days that just sets me off kind of thing like you never really know but I mean honestly my biggest thing is just kind of sticking my head down and going and doing it even yeah. if I don't want to so as I said it goes back to like the everyone always wants everything to be perfect all the time yeah but it's like no we have days where we wake up and it's just like I don't you don't that doesn't do mean you're a negative person that's just yeah the, the situation you have going on um again being realistic being your genuine what's going on self um listening to your body too yeah like, no, and it's, like, I definitely notice, like, when I've had really long days at school or work, um, I am definitely more worn out. And, like, when I get home, you know, like, unfortunately, my roommates kind of deal with not the bad side, but, like, yeah. I need time to decompress because, like, I, my body's just overwhelmed from standing for that long and all that. And, like, it's stuff like that, like, normal people wouldn't have to think about, like, kind of thing. Like, everybody needs time to decompress when they come home, like. I need time to reset myself so I don't scream because somebody hit my leg kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that sort of things that, 
really makes me not only realize like how much harder I have to work to be I guess like quote unquote normal there's no normal whatever um but like that whole thing and like trying to maintain really with myself like being honest to myself of like what I can't handle and I can't especially things like I tend to be a really last minute decision person because of that because I'm like I'd love to but what you don't understand is I don't know how I'll feel that day right I know that's like a really weird thing to say and like a lot of people don't get that but like they're like well it can't hurt that bad like you're functioning it's fine and I'm like, right, but what yes, you didn't see mean. is, like, <laughs> I didn't sleep all night because I was up crying from the pain. Like, yeah. it's that sort of stuff that gets really hard. Um, and, like, even explaining it, like, to people, like I said earlier, they just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am, like, fairly high-functioning with it all. That uh, it's not, like, their first thought, I guess. Yeah. So, like, that's always weird. Again, because in my mind, you are a very optimistic person. I mean, yeah. I, I know... I, but I know that I'll never know what it's like under the surface. Yeah. But to me, like, you are someone who's very optimistic and, like, puts on a good, like, I, you know, I can't can't change it out of my control. But, yeah. But what can I do today if I can do anything? Can yeah. I, if I'm getting out of bed and starting my day, what does that look like? What is something? And that's something called um, active coping. Yeah. So... It's the same thing as problem focused coping. So it's like you know what's going on, you're seeing it. Um, it's how you what, adapt. How can we adapt? How can we change? How can we grow? Like 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 what I said, grief earlier. Like how do we yeah. grow around it? Um, yeah. Because that's something we also I tried doing in the mindfulness class was like you bring attention to whatever's stressing you. Give you bring attention to whatever is hurting, and listen to it. Um, and so I don't know. I'm, I, that's kind of hard. I'm assuming with everything firing all at once yeah. for you um, but you still in optimism active coping or yeah wait yeah active coping yeah, yeah. <laughs> is like the main thing where it's like I have these X stressors what are what in those can I control can I manage exactly. can I do differently and try to change things again it's not going to be fast it's also not necessarily going to make everything better mm-hmm. um, but you do a very good job at that I think of active coping and of still being a very kind, vulnerable, real person with the people around you when, again, they have no clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And you could just be yelling at everyone yeah. if you wanted to. Justifiably, too. Um, I appreciate that. Like, I definitely try. I mean, everybody tries, but I really try to be kind of as mellow as I can with yeah. this sort of stuff and just kind to kind of get through life and see what I can do. Um, there are three steps, like, scientifically to increase optimism. I'm going to run them by you. Okay. You can be like, that is BS, because again, <laughs> again, people are always like, just be happy. Yeah. Like, no, dude. Um, I'm going to run them by you, though. Okay. Just get your thought, because these, this is what, this is what, like, we study for optimism. It's stop negative thinking, which is already... Off your best I'm not going to like that one. <laughs> okay. Great, great. Off your best part, but whatever. Um, challenge negative thought. We're getting, you know, I kind of like that I'm one. challenging it. <laughs> I honestly, I get that because like with me, I'm like, I can't do that. Like I tell yeah. myself, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's like, oh, I can't 
Okay, for instance, so I used to have to do desensitization with my leg. Okay. Well, I had three different types of claws, and I had a cloth. Cloth. And I had to claws. No. Like jeez. (laughs) And I had to rub them on my leg. Okay. Because of how painful it was. Um, and there's like tears you got. Like so, start first you start with like the really soft baby blankets, and you like rub those. Um, eventually you get up to like a loofah, which. Oh, hurts. I was gonna say I can only. Um, so it, like it's kind of getting over that mindset. Like when you're told you have a chronic pain disorder, it kind of like turns your whole world upside down. You're mm-hmm. kind of like, well, I can't do this, 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 and this. And like I have had to relearn how to do so many things between that and between the surgeries. Right. I mean, I've relearned how to walk probably four times. Like. I didn't walk for 18 months mm-hmm. at one point. Um, at that point, you're basically back to infant stages of like, you first of all, you learn to crawl, then you uh-huh. learn. I mean, I straight up crawled in physical therapy. <laughs> um, but it is kind of that like, you have this voice of doubt in your mind, and it is like questioning that. And so I kind of think the whole challenging the negative mm-hmm. might, not exactly to optimism, but it kind of leads you down that path to think better. Yeah. Yeah, there's the there in general psychology is like three goals and like we everyone focuses on like the mental illness side of it, mm-hmm. but there is a the third one is like make instead of making people less miserable, it's like how can we make them a little bit more happy? Mm-hmm. So I think it's that idea yeah. where it's like maybe they're not going to be everything's gonna be perfect but like how can we make them a little bit less miserable it's the whole changing the mindset yeah Yeah. i mean that's a huge part like you just gotta like even if you absolutely think you can't do it you gotta try at some point and honestly you're not gonna want to try until you change something in your mind right so i kind of think the whole like you're not necessarily challenging the negative Mm -hmm. thoughts but you start to question yourself like really i can't do that like well, let me go try. And, like, right. you kind of build yourself up until you finally can. And then it leads to, like, oh, I can do that. Like, that uh-huh. was good. And then you feel, I guess, yeah, you do feel more optimistic that you can try new things. So, I guess, in a way, it does Science. relate back to Science. autism. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. The final <laughs> third step is affirming the positive. So, whatever that means for you. Um, okay. I think I think you have a lot of like atlas yeah the goat which shout out follow the atlas king king atlas king yes. atlas sorry it's all good i don't know why it would be atlas king. <laughs> it's his um, last name yeah <laughs> isabel king oh or isabel atlas my bad um atlas. <laughs> i don't know dude again it's been a long it's, it's been a long week um affirming the positive though yes the little things you the little things. are you definitely give off the energy of like like I, all right what are we doing today yeah. what can i do like we're, we're always we're always vibing yeah. but you could be negative yeah um affirming the positive seeing the little things seeing what makes you what is positive in your life even if it can't be doing like doing everything crazy yeah. that you want to do um, no it's definitely like you know, you can wake up with, like, a plan of to-do list stuff right. every day. And it just, 
there's AI accept it's not gonna happen. But right. I'm like, hey, I did one of those little things. Like that's a win. That's a huge that's deal a huge for me, win. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like, I have really good friends that'll like, you know, when I have a bad day, like I'll talk to them. And I'm like, this, 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 and this went wrong. And like, they kind of bring me out of that my mind, that mindset. And they're like, hey, you know, but like, you went and you like actually cooked yourself dinner, which right. like, something like cooking. Um, requires you to stand on your feet a lot, obviously. Mm -hmm. So like that is hard some days for me. Um, you know, instead of just like, oh, you decided not to eat or you decided just to like, I don't know, eat cereal for dinner, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Like, they're like, I'm so proud of you for doing that. So it's definitely like, even if I can't remind myself, like I'm very thankful for the people in my life that remind me of that. And it does play a huge role in like kind of accepting what things and how day to day right. is gonna change. Yeah. Like, you really do need to be like, just willing to go with the flow kind mm -hmm. of thing. And again, separating the unrealistic optimist yeah. um, person who would be like, yay, like you did it, oh yeah. my goodness, versus like, okay, you should, that is still a win. Yeah. Um, huge difference, I will say. Yeah. Um, hopefully y'all don't have those, the, the like, blind you know. people. I guess, but I don't know. You'd be surprised how many of them are doctors. Oh. Um, well, out of out of every degree to be optimistic for, I guess that'd be a good one. But also, I need to know realistically what is what's going on in my body. You know. Yeah. Um. It's. I mean, I understand I'm a complex case. Sure. I I won't lie to anybody. Like I come in and I'm like, yeah, here's my like pound of medical history, like right. kind of thing, but. You know, like, it's stuff like, doctors ask what you do for exercise. I'm like, oh, like, I weight lift, like, kind of thing. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, so, like, you compete and stuff. And I'm like, no. absolutely not. <laughs> like, I would break in half if I tried you to do jump that. from A to and Z And they're like, there. oh, so you, like, barely do anything. And I'm like, no. no like, true. yeah, exactly. It's kind of like trying to explain to people <sighs> where, like, the normal might be here, but mm -hmm. I'm kind of just like adjacent to it off in yeah. my own little world. <laughs> like stuff like that is really hard to explain to people. Like they're like, oh, so you can do this, so you can do that. And I'm like, no, but no, because those in my life aren't connected right. in any way. So that's, yeah. I'm jumping from a Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, doctors are interesting. I can only imagine your trend, like, if you have to have information sent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. You got a book. I mean, it got to the point a couple years ago where my mom literally, like, listed out every procedure and surgery I've had. And just, like, they walked in the doctors, like, gave them the whole timeline <laughs> instead of just having us to repeat it all. Yeah. You need, like, a QR code. Honestly. <laughs> like, or, like... The other thing was I was in a wheelchair and like all the adults that would come up and be like, oh, what happened? And it's like, how do I explain to them that right. I had surgery nine months ago, but it didn't heal. And now my body thinks it's in worse shape than ever, like right. kind of thing. Like one of those, like, I just need a business card to hand out. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, don't, don't ask. Yeah. Don't. I'm like, don't ask. Just take this. Yeah. But, but yeah, no. It takes a lot to go to the doctor with me. It's a real fun time. Yeah. You never know what I'm gonna find out that day. <laughs> but yet, through it all, still pretty. Yeah, pretty you gotta be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where else I would be if I wasn't. Like, I just have no motivation to do anything, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just 
do what I do every day. Yeah. yeah. And I, again, when I celebrate that, not not because you are a case study, <laughs> but just because you're my friend, and like that's that's I'm so happy that you can do these things. Yeah. With everything going on still. Um, so gonna wrap up the optimistic part of it again <laughs> science is allegedly saying stop negative thinking challenge the negative thought and affirming the positive don't want to practice that in whatever way you want awesome great let me know how that's going again just being a little bit more optimistic leads to health benefits leads to you know happiness general oh lightning that's cool glad we're inside now <laughs> um anyway thank you all for listening is there anything else to add other than follow King Atlas. Follow King Atlas. <laughs> no. I guess just, you know, be nice to people. That's and you don't ever know what they're going through. Like, you really don't. Yeah. I mean, nobody would look at me and be like, she couldn't walk <laughs> right before she went to college. Right. Like, there's so many hidden things, people. Even if it's not, like, something as complicated as my, like, history. Like, it could just be they're having a bad day. Like, right the whole don't judge a book by its cover thing because you also not to not to like throw it like expose you here but like you have the handicapped parking oh yeah i have two states i'm sure people are like (laughs) she looks fine to me oh i have people ask me all the time they're like whose whose placard is that and i'm like it's mine you want to see the paperwork they're right there in the glove box take it out yourself just be nice to people just (laughs) yeah like Sorry that you don't see a 20-year-old with one of these all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It also took me five years to get these from doctors because I am so young. Like, yeah. it's not my choice to have this. No, but I still do appreciate who you are as a person and the positivity you give to the world and to everyone else because you are a very empathetic and kind person. And I, I, I emphasize empathy because people with sympathy would be like, oh... I understand. Yeah. No, you don't understand no. what you're going through, Isabel. Um, and I never will. <laughs> and that's something that, like, I can only imagine because I, I really don't know what it's like. But I still do appreciate who you are and everything you got and then what you give back to this world. So, again, your take-home message, be kind, be nice to people. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know what's going on half the time. <laughs> Well, again, we covered some cool, good stuff today. Yeah, talked degrees, fun. talked that track athletes are the most. Well, <laughs> they like to they like to complain. <laughs> Let me just say, from my own personal experience, um, every athlete does. You know, okay. <laughs> um, and then of course, optimism. So, thank you again. Of course, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, and that is what it's actually like being Isabel Lux. Yeah.